speak to you guys. I'm really excited about it. Um, and last week, for those of you guys that were here, we kicked off our new series in the book of James. And so Matt kind of told us who James was. Remember, James was Jesus's younger brother. So he was like the child of Joseph and Mary after Jesus was born, um, which Jesus being born was act of God, right? Jesus being born was act of a loving marriage. Um, but he was his younger brother. And we kind of talked about what that meant. And then we um, looked at the very beginning of chapter 1. So tonight we're going to jump back into James chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, you can um, open it up and, and start at James 1, um, verse 12. And just to kind of like preface it, the name of our talk tonight is Mirror, Mirror on the Wall, Do You Remember What You Saw? Okay? And um, so this is like, trying to be cutesy and make you think of Snow White, but also James is going to have us take a really good look at our lives. Um, so we think about looking in a mirror, you think about taking a good look at something, right? So James is going to show us how to take a good look at ourselves tonight. Um, so we'll start reading in verse 12. It says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to give to grow, it gives birth to death. So now we're in verse 16. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. You guys, that's pretty cool. Out of all creation, we're his prized possession. James goes on to say, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So that's a big chunk, but we're going to break it down, okay? And if we're to sum up this whole passage in like one little sentence, because I sometimes like one little sentence to kind of have a theme of it, we get to say that this is about doing what pleases God, okay? It's like a whole big crescendo, this passage. I don't know if you guys no music term crescendo so it's like where it starts real quiet and then it grows right okay um so this is kind of like he starts and and like one thing builds on the next builds on the next and he's building um like an argument or bring building a teaching of where he's bringing us to okay um so look at the first part and we'll see what god will teach us as we unpack these right the first part says god blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation Afterward, they'll receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And then it says, remember 
when you're being tempted, not to say God is tempting me, because God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. But temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us, drag us away. And these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so, okay, first thing about James is, like, he uses really, like, action-y words, okay? Like, sin is, like, grabbing and enticing and, like, giving birth and, like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but it's like that through the whole book of James. And, and he's, so he's trying to, like, build a lot of, like, imagery for us that we can really, like, picture and hold on to and understand um, the word of God better through this. So, so, like, when you hear these action words, you know, he's trying to build a picture in your mind of what he's teaching. Um, but so as we look at this, if you remember from last week, we talked about how God works in us when we face trials of, of many kinds. And then... James is taking the idea of facing trials, and he's going a little bit deeper, and he's saying facing temptation, okay? Um, So first, here's the first thing about talking about temptation, y'all. We're all tempted. Every single one of us were tempted. Um, Each person may have their own things that tempt them more than others, but we all face it, okay? We all face temptation. Nobody's immune. So when we tackle this topic, don't let it seem like there's a finger pointing at you, right? Don't let the enemy, the devil, bring condemnation because James isn't writing to bring condemnation. He's writing to teach us about temptation so we'll know how to handle it, okay? So James tells us straight out of the gate the reward for enduring temptation. It says they'll receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You guys, this speaks towards eternity with God and being rewarded in eternity. Um, That's pretty cool, right? And it tells us elsewhere in the Bible that we'll be rewarded for, for living for God. Now, we don't live for God so we can get to heaven. We need Jesus for that. But, but there is, like, a real reward for following Christ, okay? And, and like, we want that, right? And if it's, like, reward or, or like, no reward, who likes reward? Anybody? Reward? Yeah, okay. Um, so he tells us there's a reward for enduring temptation, I really believe that, like, there's a reward in this life, too, because we go through um, less hardship. Because sin, you guys, um, dealing with sin and stuff, it complicates our lives, right? I'm in counseling right now, and we talk about that every day I'm in class. Sin complicates people's lives, right? And so that's another reason to, um, to not give in to temptation. But notice the one word that comes right before temptation in our passage. Okay? If you guys have it says patiently. I don't know about you guys, but I don't like to do anything patiently. If you know me, you know this is true. I'm just, I don't, I think if you were like, in five words, describe Jackie Drain. Patient is probably not remotely like in the top 50. Okay, um, <laughs> but, but we're encouraged we should patiently endure temptation in our lives. And this is important though, this word patiently because it tells us that temptation is a lifelong struggle. It's not one of those like once and done, like I'm going to be tempted in this way and I conquer it and I never ever face it again. It's not, it's not how it works. Like temptation is one of those things that you guys will deal with until the day we take our final breath on this earth and meet God face to face. Okay, like temptation is a lifelong thing. So when it says patiently, he's not trying to discourage us, but he's trying to give us the reality of this is a continuous thing. Like, we've always got to continually be willing to endure temptation and, um, and then, like, walk out steps to overcome temptation, right? 
Um, and, and we need to know that. So James points out an important fact. God is not the one who tempts us. Right? In this passage, he says, God is not the one that tempts. He tells us God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. So we have to know when we're tempted that this isn't something God is doing to us. And y'all, this is really important, though, because in a lot of one-on-ones, I sit down, and people are going through a struggle. And sometimes we have a struggle that's a trial, which is what Matt talked about last week. And if you're going through that, like you can go back and listen to that message and hear about trials. But we're talking about temptations, which is like sin that's entirely... You know, like we're having thoughts towards sin that's enticing us to do wrong. God doesn't do that. So if you're going through temptation and you're like, why is God tempting? He's not. God's God's not tempting you. He won't ever tempt us to do wrong. Um, And so then oftentimes, some of us slightly more seasoned, I liked that word, seasoned. In church, that's the word they use for old. They say the seasoned ladies. I mean, I guess they're, like, spicier the older they get. I don't really know. Um, but, but like, so some of the more seasoned believers, instead of saying, God's tempting me, then we get real spiritual and we're like, well, the devil is tempting me. The devil is tempting me. The devil is giving me all this temptation to do wrong. And sometimes the devil may tempt us, but James points out something about where temptation comes from in this passage that it's not Jesus and it's not the devil. He says this, he says, temptation comes from our own evil desires. So temptation, it comes from within us. When I'm tempted, it's usually coming from within me. Um, Because you guys, we all have this broken, fallen, sinful nature that desires to do wrong. Without Christ, we're broken and and we're bent towards like sin and and destruction. And so, y'all, that's the main root of temptation. So if you're dealing with temptation... Um, you know, I mean, sometimes, like, yeah, the enemy is a part of that. But if you're dealing with temptation, a lot of it starts in here. And so you're like, well, okay, that's a desire in me. And I think you go about fighting something completely different when you admit that it's your own desire. It's not like, he's giving me that desire, right? No, it's like, no, I desire that and it's wrong and I need to deal with it. And I think there's, like, an ownership that comes with it that helps us to start to fight. Um, and so there's this example that, like... I don't know, I shared a few years ago, somebody told me it was like helpful or sticky about a bird, right? Uh-huh. And so like a bird can land on your head, right? But you don't have to let it make a nest in your hair. Okay, and so that's like a picture of, of like temptation. It's like, man, a thought could pop in your mind, but you don't let it have to like, have to let it roll around. I mean, you can start to like choose to think on what is pure and lovely and good. Like it tells us um, in Paul's letters, right? Like you can start to change those thoughts or you can sit there and think on it and let it marinate, but then that's going to um, give birth to, to sin, which is what this passage is telling us. Um, and it says, so there's this theme of birth, okay? And we'll see it here and then we'll see it again in the next pass, the next little chunk that we read. But in this case, temptation gives birth to sin, which gives birth to death. And so, like, this death, it can be literal. Like, you could be tempted to do something really stupid, um, and and it could be literal death. You know, um, sometimes, like, you're dealing with somebody, and they have, like, an addiction, and, y'all, there's certain drugs that, like, you don't know. You don't know if that time's the last time. And, and so it's, like, temptation could literally lead to death, or it could be more of a spiritual death or, or, like, a hardness of your heart that comes in, like, 
your relationship and your closeness with God starts to, um, to like, you start to, like, walk away from the Lord and, and not care about the things of the Lord. And so there's a lot of things that death could mean here. But, I mean, is death of any kind anything we really are pursuing? Hopefully not. Like, let's not pursue death. Let's pursue life. Um, so now we're going to look at the other side of the coin. There's a thing there. Um, and we're going to kind of, like, look at the other side of the coin and look at life, okay? The next part, this is James 1, 16. It says, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God the Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. So James tells us that temptation doesn't come from God. What comes from God? Whatever's good. Good things. Good things are what come from God. And then he tells us so much in just a very few short words about who God is. You guys, this is my favorite verse in the book of James. Um, He says about God, he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God never changes. He never casts a shifting shadow. And y'all, I love this. Um, Because we learned that God is who he says he is. We learned that God is never changing. So who God is today, God will be tomorrow. And God has always been and God will always be. Okay? Um, So the God who loved you in your sins enough to send his own son to suffer and die on a cross, to set you free, he never changes. He's never going back on that. He's never changing his mind. It means that if he loved you like that yesterday, he'll always love you like that. It means if he spoke truth to your life through scripture last week, it holds true forever. His love will never change. His faithfulness never changes. His care for us will never change. His patience will never change. His goodness will never change. His kindness will never change. Our God will never, ever change. And I don't know about you guys, but that's like really, really good news to me. That God will never change. Like, who he is, we can count on it forever. Um, and James drives us home by saying, he never cast a shifting shadow. And this is kind of in my head like a picture of a sundial. I don't know if you guys have seen a sundial. But, um, like, as the sun in the sky travels, right, the shadow travels, right, it shifts. And it's saying God doesn't shift. Um, and so the sundial, like, it shifts. It's not fixed. But God is fixed. And the important thing is that we must know that God's not going to shift on us. He's not going to change. Not even the tiniest bit. God's not going to change on us. Not even the tiniest bit. And um, I think why I love this so much is because people do. Right? Like sometimes people shift. Sometimes people change. Sometimes people you counted on, you learn you can't count on. Um, And so an example is have you guys ever had a friend that you were going to be, like, best friends forever? Like, when you were kids or something, you had that BFF? Or my my youngest, she calls it BFFAE, okay? It's best friend forever and ever. <laughs> but, like, they needed the AE because they're, like, really best friends. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. You know, so I'm sure, like, my middle one is going to come back with, like, yet another letter next week. But um, anyway, so, like, have you ever had that best friend forever or whatever as you're growing up? They start to change, start to shift a little bit. Your friendship starts to change a little bit. 
Um, and suddenly one day, like, their interest is different, or they're not there for you like you thought they would be, or, you know, like you're, they're not there at all. Um, and so I was thinking about this, and I was trying to think, like, what was the first time in my life that I had a friend that, like, radically shifted on me? Because I feel like as you go into, like, high school and then college and then sometimes in our families, it's even, like, parents or loved ones or those people that are really close to us that shift on us, right? And I tried to think about it, and I thought of this story, and it's, okay, it's kind of funny now. and this time, it was not funny at all, okay? But I, um, my freshman year of high school, we moved to Florida, okay? So I started my freshman year in a new city, knowing no one, at a brand new high school in Florida. Um, I made friends with this girl, and we met at cheer tryouts, because I did that when I was younger. And she was like the coolest, and she was new too, and so we were gonna like stick together, right? Because we're both new, and we both need a friend. Mm -hmm. And so we hung out, like the first, first month of school, like this girl's my best friend, second month, like, we are together all the time. We sit next to each other all the time. We slip over at each other's houses all weekend. Like, like we were really good friends. And it happened really fast. We were really good friends. And then this one night, I went to her house for a sleepover. And there was this guy in our class. Y'all, it's always, it's always a guy. Um, <laughs> there was this guy from one of our classes that lived down the road. And she had noticed that I thought he was cute. At the time, he wasn't as cute as Matt, but at the time, I thought he was cute. And so she's like, hey, let's go walk down the road and, like, see if he's outside. And um, I'm like, I don't know, because I, I was really shy. Um, and I was like, I don't know about, like, walking by his house. And she's like, no, no, it's, we're friends. It's cool. Come on. And so, like, I let her talk me into walking down the road. We get in front of the house, and she's like, man, he's not outside. And she's like... I'm going to just walk up in the yard and see if I can see where he is. And so she gets, like, up in the yard by, by like, the window. And she's like, there he is, there he is. And I'm like, ah, like, and they're like, no. And she's like, hurry up, come here, I'll see you. So I got, like, running, right? Because like, she's like, that'll be weird if you're just standing there staring, right? <laughs> and, like, so, so we end up, like, there. And then I'm like, I'm going to go. Like, I don't like this. I'm not enjoying this. You know, and she's trying to, like, look in the windows to find this guy, and I'm like, I, I want to die. Like, this is the worst thing ever. Okay? And so I finally convinced her, like, let's go back to the house. This is, like, stupid, and, like, I'm not doing this. Um, so we leave. We go to the house. And then we continue our sleepover. Like, man, she's super cool. Um, we hang out all day Sunday. I get to school on Monday morning, and do you want to know what the gossip was? The gossip was, was about me and how I was creepy and went and spied on somebody in a window from, from my b new best friend, right? And I was like, what happened? And I don't even think I was like that upset with the dude thought of me because I didn't know him anyway. I didn't have the guts to talk to him. I wasn't going to talk to him like <laughs> ever. Um, so it wasn't even that, but it was like, man, this person that I trusted that I thought was my friend. Like, man, she has radically changed on me. What happened? You know, and I was like, I remember going through the whole day, like, what on earth? Um, Lily would say I got whooshed. <laughs> but I, I, like, went through the whole day, like, what on earth? And, and you guys, like, that really, like, it really hurt me for a really long time. And then, like, going through high school and college and stuff, like, things like that happen. And at some point, you get old and jaded, and you're just like, these things happen sometimes. Um... But, like, what makes it okay now is, is this about God? 
God doesn't. Right? God is constant. Like, he is like the constant, unchanging, unfailing God. And he's never going to change or fail. And that makes enduring, like, when people fail us or, or something disappoints us completely possible. Because you're like, huh, if God's not going to change. There's one thing I can trust, and it's the most important thing. Like, it'll be all right. Um, and so we can trust God. And then let's look at um, verse 18. It says, he chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And here's the theme of birth again. Only this time, it's giving birth to life, which is spiritual life in God. And we can take that to the bank, right? Because we know God never changes. So he gives us life. He gives us life, and he's not taking it back. Um, so now that we got know that God never changes, and he wants to give us life instead of death, James gives us two challenges that we're going to build on later in our series as we go through the book of James. Um, so, like, if you... Where to picture James 1, it is a little bit like the table of contents where he's saying a lot of the themes, and then like later in the book, he's going to go deeper. Um, but he issues these two challenges. And so here's the first challenge in James 1, verse 19. It says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. <laughs> so you guys, um, like as I was studying this, I really was like, I'm going to talk so much about James 117 because it's like my favorite, right? But then I read this part and honestly, I was super convicted because a lot of times in the Christian life, like we really are trying to serve God. We really are trying to love God. Really trying to follow God's word. And we start to think, maybe, just a little bit, that we're starting to look like God, right? That I'm starting to look like Christ. And then you read James. And this passage for me is like, and then you read James, right? So he says, um, he starts to say, you must be quick to listen, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> quick to listen and then if that wasn't bad enough slow to speak also not and slow to get angry and I don't know about you guys but like if you were to take this sentence and you were com to compare it with my life you say is Jackie quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry <laughs> you would laugh like I'm laughing because <laughs> man I'm not I'm not quick to listen you know, a lot of times, like, I blurt things out way too fast, and I'm, I should have, like, held back. Um, and so, I'm not slow to speak either, right? I'm fast to speak. Slow to listen, fast to speak. Um, you know, and um, I just think it's funny, because it's hard to think that I'm godly when I compare my life with this sentence from Scripture. I go, like, this one sentence, and I'm like, nope, not there yet. Um, so, what do you think? If you ask yourself, are you quick to listen? Are you slow to speak? Are you slow to anger? And then here's the thing. What if you were? Like in Proverbs, it says, a wise man keeps his mouth shut. I don't know if you guys have ever had one of those friends that like, they just have the gift of like, knowing to stay quiet. And like, those people, 
usually seem really, really wise. And the funny thing is, like, I've had some friends like that, and they're like, oh, I'm not. I just don't think that I want to say out loud. I'm like, well, you're wiser than me because I've learned things out. Um, so what if we were? What if we were quicker, more quick to listen, more slow to speak? And you guys, I don't really consider myself an angry person. Like, if you're like, Jackie, are you an angry person? No, I'm not an angry person. I, I'm a happy person. But then, so I started studying this, and I started kind of going, like, word by word and, and line by line. And um, so at the part I was, I was studying this, it's really funny. I decided that I was going to take my kids for spring break to Atlanta. Now, you guys were back in session, and kind of the things were going on. So I thought, I will drive just me and my three kids across the back of a car, not a van, where they're spread out in a car, and we will go to Atlanta, and we'll spend all this time, and then we will drive back, and I don't know about, you guys know Atlanta is like seven, eight hours with kids, because they stop more often, they get hungry, and they need to go to the bathroom and stuff, and it happens to be that morning, I had read this verse about being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, and I proceeded throughout the rest of the day, every time I was like, Stop hitting your sister! To be like, oh. <laughs> and, and I, I, like at night, I really, like I sat down with my Bible and my journal, and I talked to the Lord, and I was like, God, I'm an angry person. <laughs> like, like, and it was not one of those things where I was like trying to be angry, or, or like I just had this like spirit of anger on me, but I realized like, man, I can be a grump. Um, and even that, like it says that doesn't glorify God um, in our anger. And so, he says, anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Um, so put it simply, human anger doesn't please the Lord. Like when I'm angry, and even when I'm like, stop it, to my kid. I mean, man, I could have made a choice to do that differently, right? Or I could have been less quick to speak, and I could have thought, how do I want to say this? You know, and definitely there's the days that I succeed at being like the ooey gooey mom. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the ooey gooey mom, when you're like, please stop hitting her. Um, you know, and, and like, I don't know, that worked for like a month. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, she's not mad yet, you know. <laughs> so then it was like trying other things, and I'm like, mommy needs your help. I need you to help by being good so I don't wreck the car, you know. And, and that like happens until I wreck the car, and then they're like, she'll really wreck. <laughs> really, like one time they were fighting, and I like hit another car. Um, and they're like, sure, sure, I'll do it. And they thought it was kind of funny after they realized the cop wasn't going to take me to jail. Um, for a little minute, they were crying. They were like, the cop came. I'm like, you know, the right accident report. But they didn't know. And I didn't explain it because I was just out, like, talking to the cop. And they were like, are you going to jail? <laughs> but that time I was angry. I was laughing. Because um, I was like, no, no, we're good. But yeah, I mean, so sometimes I think it's funny because if, if I would stop and be like, no, there's there's some way I can express this without just like being angry, but sometimes I'm so quick um, to, to have a temper, to get angry, and really there's a lot of better ways that I could do it, and man, God would be glorified in that because he's not pleased when I just get angry. Um, and so that's our first challenge is to be, right, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, which, that's challenging enough, yeah? Mm -hmm. But then he kind of like broadens it. It's like, if this is an example, he kind of broadens it. In verse 22, he says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. 
Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Um, so, so you guys, this is a picture of a, a guy in, in the scripture. It's a guy, and he looks in the mirror, and then he walks away, and he's like, Ta-da. No, it, that's kind of like comical, right? Because like, how many of you guys have some idea what you look like? Right? Oh, yeah. Do you remember kind of like what your hair was like today? If you're a girl, guys, your hair might stay the same. Um, You know, like it's like we look in the mirror and we remember what we look like. Right? And so James here, he's kind of debunking this modern religious idea we have right here. Because he tells us we can't just listen to God's word. Can't just hear it. We have to do it. Um... Which kind of made me like ask the question, like, why do we feel so content with just hearing? Why do we tend to think that just by showing up at church or just by showing up at Chi Alpha or Bible study and like physically sitting there, God is pleased? You know, like, is God pleased by where you sit? Mm-hmm. Not really, right? And so if we don't come with the purpose of learning more about God, and like in worship, engaging the presence of God. Like if we don't come to actually do the thing, God's kind of like, okay, well, like you were there. Like, but, but he doesn't want us to just hear, he wants us to do. Um, and so if you're honest with yourself, do you only hear the word when you're in church or Kyle or Bible study or whatever? Do you hear it or do you do it? Um, there's this really great quote that we heard many, many times at the World Mission Summit. For those that went and it said this it said we treat the great commission like the great suggestion right we we treat the part in the very end of the book of matthew where jesus said go into all the world making disciples right and he didn't say go disciples into all the world he didn't say go pastors into all the world he didn't say go super devoted like extra holy people into all the world Right? You didn't say, like, go level 10 super spiritual Christian. There's not that. And to all the world, he said, go. And that goes for me, and that goes for you, and that goes for every believer. Like, go into the, all the world. We treat it like a suggestion. Right? And that's not what it is. It's a commission. It's a command. It's not a, hey, if you maybe sort of feel like it, uh-huh. would you consider... Later, you know, after you after you've saved up, and I've proved that I'm for better going. Like that's not what it is, though, right? Like it's, it's like go, and and it's like a present imperative, so it's like go now, um, and and so it's not like one of those go later, go if you sort of feel like it, you know, or let's just go. Um, but when I started to think about that, because I thought, man, that's like a really good thought about the Great Commission, and I think a lot of us, if we were to study it, we'd say, yeah, everybody's supposed to go, but then the way we live is like, it's still a suggestion, and I started to think about it, and when I thought about it, I realized this, we treat most of God's word like suggestion, like when we read the Bible, we're like, well, this is good, I'll do this, Um, and this right here, 
I want people to do that to me. Like, like the love one another. Those want to be the one another that's loved, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's real easy to be like, I want you to do the word of God because that makes me happy. Um, but then me do the word of God to make you happy, you know, the other way. But, and then, and then some things were like, ooh, I don't like this at all. It steps on my toes. And so we just kind of flip past that one, right? But that's not what we do. Like, the, the Bible, it's not a buffet, right? Where we go and we pick the things that we like and we just skip the things that we don't like. The Bible's not a buffet. Um, with God, he's this real God that never changes that we talked about. But we either accept him or we don't. Because he's not going to change. And, he, and part of the part about he's not going to change is really encouraging. But he's also not going to change to fit into whatever mold we want him to fit into. Right? And so, like, if you read the Bible and the only parts you read you always agree with and they don't challenge you, right, you're skipping parts. <laughs> because, like, if you read all the way through, man, you come to these places, like, be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And you're like, man, you know, God, I need your help. Because um, he's, he's the real God and we can't pick and choose. Um, and so... James has some kind of really strong words about this. He says, if we hear God's word but we don't do it, you're only fooling yourselves. And I think that's a little bit harsh, but it's a little true. Like if, you, if you're hearing it or you're like sitting and, and words are coming at you but you're not like thinking about it, um, and you don't do it, you're fooling yourself. Because you're fooling yourself to say that that matters to God that you just sat there. And he's like, man... Y'all, he's after heart change. He's after things being, like, real in that relationship between you and him. And so he, you know, he's like, I don't really want you to sit there. I want to know you. I don't want you to know me. Um, And so James gives us this example of looking in the mirror, but then walking away and forgetting what you look like. And, And we said we don't usually do this. That's absurd. Because when you look in the mirror to see what you look like, like, girls, when you get up in the morning and you're, like, doing your hair, doing your makeup... Or guys, you're, you're like getting dressed and like, does this match? Or I don't, I don't know what boys do. Um, Matt frowns, but he looks in the mirror. Uh, I don't know why he frowns. We're always laughing. He like frowns at himself. When you look in the mirror, you like you look and you really look. The point of looking in the mirror when you're getting dressed is to see what you look like, right? So you pay attention. Right? If you don't pay attention, um, then like, what was the point of looking whatsoever? Um, so if we looked in the mirror and then we forgot what we looked like, we didn't actually look. right? And this is how it is when we hear God's word but don't do it. Or we might say if we really heard. Because this could be the difference between like hearing and listening. Listening being like that it actually goes in and you like start to think about it and heed what it says. Um, and so if we really listen, it's going to work itself out in our actions. Like if we really take it in our mind and we consider what God's teaching us, then it's going to start to change what we do. Um, and we're going to realize it needs to change what we do. And so we're going to like intentionally um, try to change some of those things. So we need to carefully consider God's word and do it. And it says that we'll be blessed when we do. Um, mark that. We're better off doing what God says because he wants to bless us. 
He's telling us how to live this the best way possible for the best life possible. And so I think it's funny, and I think the skit that the ladies did was so great because, um, like, Jade's character, right? It's like, if we, like, why do we think we know better? Not that she actually does, but her character does, right? Why do we think we know better? Because so many times we have the Bible, and we're like, man, but, you know, and, and we try and pick and choose, and we try and do part of it, and then, like, not do the other part, because we don't really want to do that. Um, but why do we think we know better? If God loves us, if he's never changing, if he sent his son to die on the cross for us in our place, for our sin, like, that's a high price to pay to then give people some really bad advice, right? So, like, his word, even though some of it, we're like, that doesn't sound fun, it's instructions to give you the best life possible if you follow it. And I think sometimes we forget that. We're just in the moment, and we're like, oh, I don't really feel like it today. But man, one of the things I've learned as, as I've been a Christian, and I'm becoming a seasoned Christian, <laughs> right? Spicy old, old Christian. Um, like, as, as I've like, walked and, and learned to walk with the Lord, is when I first came to Christ, I was really rebellious. And I was really one of those people that picks and chews and, I really understand you couldn't. I was just kind of like, I'm trying to follow Christ. And then I have a day where I'm like, ah, I'm not following Christ today. I'll start tomorrow again. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said about my counseling class, sin complicates people's lives. And so I would go to my youth pastor and I'd be like, why is my life like this? Like, why are my friends causing this drama? Why is dating horrible? Like, I mean, I would come and I'm like asking these things. And he's like, well, are you doing things how the Bible says to live, or are you doing things how you think you should live? You know, and eventually this thought started to like roll around my head and I'm like, well, what's better about doing it this way? And, and I, you know, he's, he's a really patient guy, so he's like, you should just try it, you know. But, but then um, he kind of like talked me through why. But man, I started to learn that there's truth to it. That a lot of the things that like, like, even Matt and I are peers, because we're, like, 30-something. Um, and 30-something is really not that old, okay? Like, to you guys, it's old, but but in the world, it's not old. Um, but, like, even at 30-something, what my life looks like as I've started to follow the Lord and how uncomplicated it is. Like, just the uncomplicatedness versus, like, my friends that, like, man, they've got all the stuff and and... Like, they've got kind of like what the world says, but their life is so stinking complicated. And it's like night and day. And some days I think about it, and I'm like, man, it'd be nice to have all this stuff. But I'm like, if I have to choose the stuff, or like, just the uncomplicatedness that, that I have, I kind of like this uncomplicatedness. Because there's just, there's not drama. Like, when I go home, there's not drama. Right? Like, every once in a while, there's little girl drama. Because like... I don't know if she can't find her, her favorite shoes, but like that's not real drama, right? I can I can hang. Um, but there's not like this this life altering like destroying like tearing you up on the inside drama. There's just not because like as you start to follow the Lord, not that I'm perfect. We already pointed that out, right? Quick to quick to speak, slow to listen. Um, like, like, but but as you start to work it out or walk it out, you realize like man, this really does simplify. And man, when I live like this, 
things really are blessed and, and like they just become uncomplicated. And you realize that like maybe God, if he made the whole universe and he holds everything together and every breath I take is, is you know, even a gift from him, like God, he probably knows how to do things, right? And, and so he gave us this word, right? To listen to and then what? Do, right? He gives the word to listen to and do. And it's not to like ruin our fun or, or to mess with us or just to make us jump through a bunch of hoops. That's not it at all. It's because he wants us to have the best life. But a lot of times we have to trust that because we just don't understand. And in the moment, it doesn't feel like that. Um, so you guys are going to pray and then we'll end. Um, but I guess there were three things that kind of came to mind for prayer. The first is like maybe you don't know this God that we talked about who will never change you. Maybe you've not trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if that's you, then that's the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life. So... I encourage you to make that tonight if you've not done that. Um, the second one is maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been in one of those situations like I talked about with my friend or something much worse, you know. But maybe you've been hurt and it's hard to trust that God's not going to change on you. You just want prayer that um, God would show you he's not going to shift, he's not going to change. And the third one is maybe you've been challenged um, either about like the listening more, talking less, um, angering less. Or you're just being challenged to do what God says. And so we're going to kind of take a few minutes to pray about those things. Um, if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes. God, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for your word and that it's it's real and it's true. And God, sometimes we know that because it doesn't agree with us and just make us happy. It challenges us um, and teaches us to be more like you. And God, I just pray um, that you would move in our hearts and lives tonight. God, that you would have your way.